All right, so this is Matthew Spangler, and I am here with a co-worker and friend. This is Cody Gillum right here alongside him. And Cody and I are sitting here, and we were we were talking about that awkward coming of age that all boys, all men, well, everyone most goes men. Most people, really. Most people go through this. Let's not be uh, gender discriminative. Yeah, because uh, that's a thing now, apparently. <laughs> um, so we're... We're talking about this, and of course, when you're talking about young boys and awkward coming of age, you start talking about the masturbation conversation and all the embarrassment and mistakes and horrible things that happen. Just like, the general learning of yourself is so messed up in itself. Absolutely, and it's stuff you don't talk about. It's not anything you know about or anyone. There's no handbook for it, and if it is, you're damn sure too embarrassed to go pick it up at your and fucking library. The only people that are there to teach you how to do anything is the really messed up porns and the stuff that is pretty obvious that maybe women don't actually like. And half the time, the guys don't even fucking like it. That's true. And so, of course, uh, one of the things that comes up is the things you try to use, the the masturbation stimulation or the masturbation <laughs> products. So there's one mistake that almost every boy makes, and that is shampoo. Which is exactly what I want to teach my son. Yes. And, and we started talking about that, like – could you imagine if there was someone that had warned you, like, hey, don't do this. You shouldn't do this. This is uh, this is not going to be a good idea. For those of you that are listening and might not know, namely women, if you masturbate with something like shampoo, it's going to get in the end of your, your penis. It's going to get in there, and it's not really going to be an issue until about 15 minutes later when you go to piss. Because as soon as you finish, you're going to have to piss. And that's when it starts to hurt. You get this burning, burning sensation. Horrible razor blades. I mean, it... So, uh, so the idea came to us. Like, what I want to do with my son. And what I would like to do is, you know, when, when I find out he's at that age and, and, you know, I start seeing the signs like crumpled up towels, uh, too many napkins missing, things like that. Hard socks all over the house. <laughs> Empty lotion bottles, things like that. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, hey, you know what you should do? You should really do this in the shower. No, no, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Don't worry about it. But do it in the shower. One, you've got no cleanup because you're already in the process of getting clean. And two, you've got everything there you need. So my suggestion is go ahead and pick up the shampoo, do your thing, finish washing off, and then you're good. It's right there. It's nice and smooth, so you might as well. So I'm an asshole if, if you don't understand this by now. Uh, so I'm thinking I can't wait for that because can you imagine that story later on when, when your son's growing up and maybe he's famous, maybe he does something and he's getting interviewed by somebody and they're like, hey, tell me about your childhood. The first thing that's going to come to his mind is the time his dad told him to use shampoo. Because what's here's how I picture this going out. You're sitting in an interview and you're talking and you're like, so t tell me about your childhood. Well, my dad's kind of fucked up. <laughs> oh, really? What do you mean? Tell me about it. Well, when I was young and I'm going through that awkward coming of age, uh, my, my father realized that I was masturbating. I was exploring my body. I was finding myself, and part of that is masturbation. We all see the moment whenever somebody's – you can tell when somebody has started the masturbation process. You accidentally find the magazines under the mattress, something like that. We start hearing the whole knock before coming in. That's yes. when you know. Yes, that's, that's when you need to have a chat with your son, if nothing else, but because it will be amusing for you. So 
sitting there being interviewed, talking about it. Well, yeah, he told me to use shampoo. So there I am, you know, my, my father, I, I trust him at this point. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm using shampoo, finish, everything's good. And then about 15 minutes later, I go to pee. Because when you're done, you got to piss. It's just a natural way of things. So I yell. Because all of a sudden, this holy, ungodly fire is coming out of my dick. And it just burns. It feels like there is some coked up ninja doing fucking katas with swords inside my dick. And that's when my father kicked in the bathroom door. Ha! That's what SCDs feel like, motherfucker. So use a condom. <laughs> also, try the conditioner next time, dipshit. <laughs> and childhood ruined. I mean, could you imagine that? That That is how you fuck an individual up. I mean, I, that that is a life-defining moment. You've got this point where you're... You're sitting there and you're, you're embarrassed because you're doing something that society has taught you is shameful and you're just trying to figure out what's going on and you're more hormones than human. You're, you're, you're doing this and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got this pain, this anguish, and then someone you trust comes in and you realize this fucker just set you up. So now you feel betrayed, you're embarrassed, your dick hurts, and you learn something more important about life that not everyone can be trusted and they don't always have your best interest at heart. Even though, granted, there's a good life lesson there. You're telling them to use a condom. Yeah. It's, it's learning the long way. you got to teach your kids to learn from their own mistakes, well, that, even if you're the one pushing them into the mistake. Long way is going to kind of depend on the genetics you pass on. But – and then and we were talking about – and we moved on and we, we started talking about like all the different things. And, and I mentioned one of the first things you that you learn to do is – when you're finding something, a lotion or a shaving cream or a shampoo, conditioner, by the way, for any young people that might have stumbled across this, I apologize. And don't use shampoo. Uh, one of the first things you learn to look for is something that says unscented. Because the last thing you want to do is have your dick smell like bacon or rose petals. Or bacon and rose petals because that just isn't right at all. And not to mention it doesn't taste good. If you spend six months beating off with rose petal scented lotion, I mean, that's that's how you marinate a steak. You rub it in long enough, and that's going to leave a flavor. Could you imagine <laughs> the first poor girl that goes down on this guy? Like, she's sitting there, and she's giving him head, and three seconds in, her tongue is numb. And she's <laughs> that's a horrible experience for everybody. It's awkward enough and hard enough to get a girl to suck your dick <laughs> when, you, when you're 16. You're going to have that girl's life ruined. Every man from here on out will be ruined because the sex, there is no head at that point. Wait, let me smell your dick. Let me make sure. <laughs> I like how you immediately went into Chris Rock. That's I picture Chris Rock right there. Let me smell your dick. <laughs> now, the thing you got to know about a dick is. Uh, oh, man. My homeboy's girlfriend used to do that. She would write, a, write on his dick to make sure he wasn't cheating. If it was <laughs> smeared or something, she knew something was messed up. Of course, well, his mistake was always... Oh well, yeah. Well, he had always let her know. He she followed him on the phone. I, I figured that would be. Uh, I figured the writing writing something on the dick would be more like you know how you write your name inside your underwear so you know it's your underwear. Like some other girl unzips the pants and well, I guess oh, this dick's taken. Sorry, oh, yeah. I can't do anything. But at that point, if you've already unwrapped it, like that's like finding five bucks on the ground. I mean, if you stop <laughs> and pick it up, it's your five. It's your bucks. five bucks. <laughs> that's your dick. Let's go ahead and just wipe the name off that. Real it's quick. not like finding a wallet with an ID. And it yeah. just, it's five bucks. There better be some poison in that fucking sharpie 
So, but could you imagine that? Like some poor girl, she's in college now. She hasn't sucked a dick since she was 14 because her tongue went numb. And some dude's trying to get to know her. It might be the love of her life. And he's sitting here, he's talking to her. And, and they're getting a moment and he's like, hey, hey, um, do you, because, uh, you know, the first time you talk about it, and especially at that age, it's kind of hard. Uh, do, 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 do you give head? Oh, fuck no, motherfucker. I did that shit once. Made my tongue go numb. Fuck a bunch of that. I ain't sucking any dick. Uh, would you buzz this this person in so they can come to work? Yeah, so that's that's my point of view on that. I that don't don't use anything scented, especially if it's getting to the point to where it's become a couple sport or a, a duo. It, when when you're solo or you're just practicing, do do whatever you need to. Just uh, be aware when when you are practicing in tandem or, or enjoying someone else's company. You will be judged for everything that you're into. They may not do it out loud, but you will will be judged. The longer you're with someone and the more you're doing the whole sex thing, the more you find out how weird somebody is. The first time she asks you, will you bend me over and put put the bed in my mouth? What? How are you going to get that in there? That's got. There's got to be a story behind that. Like, I, I thought you were going to put something somewhere else, but you went like, put the bed in my mouth. Like that's that's some that's some interesting shit. But there's I, stories for other podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not here to judge. And and that's the thing you learn. The more people you date, the older you get. You learn that everyone is fucking weird. The normalcy is that it is weird. Everyone's weird. You're weird, and that's what makes us all normal. I just want everyone to keep in mind that this is not meant to be an educational podcast. Please, please do not take anything that we are saying as, oh, I'm going to do this. Or, oh, I should I should try this. And if you're under 18, you probably shouldn't be listening to any of this anyway. We are not here to offend anybody. We don't say anything in a hateful manner. That's That's not what we're about. We are simply having a good time, joking around, talking about things, and every now and then there's some real points. We're bringing up real-life issues that maybe this new generation doesn't know. Some of you that actually are listening in, they're probably about the same age as us, have experienced in a regular basis. And for those of you that actually are raising kids that are maybe as messed up as we are, this will probably be a really nice way for you to raise your kids. <laughs> Fuck with them as often as possible. Maybe that's that's why everyone hates millennials. Maybe I feel like the first time your mother walks in on you and you've got your dick in your hand and, and you stand at a magazine in the other hand, like that's a shameful moment because it's so awkward and you don't know what to do. Like that lets you know you're not a unique and special snowflake right there. That look of horror on your mother's face, the woman that previously you felt or you thought saw you in a light that you could do no wrong. When she gives you that horrible like, oh, my God, what are you doing look and then won't speak to you for three days. That's how you know. Oh, shit. I'm not special. And then you go into your dad's side of this whole situation where he walks in on you and then like a day later it's, well, fuck, I guess it's time for us to finally have the goddamn talk. Did you? Did your dad have to talk with you? Fuck no. I had to learn from a Lifetime movie. I was watching with my mother. <laughs> a Lifetime movie? Yeah. Oh. Mama, why is this guy trying to do something that this woman doesn't want him to do? Oh, wow. Yeah, that is not the, that's not how you want to get the talk. After watching like a real a scene that's real, real rapey. That's oh god. No. See, that's also why I'm scared to go to the dentist now. <laughs> Don't be giving me no laughing gas what? and getting on my dick. It's just what so fucking lifetime movie were you watching? Hey, that thanks a lifetime. My whole childhood was fucked up. Oh man. My my childhood was just messed up because I'm the youngest of four and my older siblings were 
while they loved me and took care of me, they were also they took every chance to fuck with me. As oh, so your parents got to learn from the fuck ups of the first kids. Yeah, I was yeah. the oldest, so I was the fuck up they made to learn for the next two. <laughs> We're like, well, let's see. Everything Cody's done wrong. Let's just not let the other one do any of that. We didn't do so well on this one, but we learned from our mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Good first try, team. Good first try. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, quarterbacks coming out of the roster draft. They, uh, yeah, they even have some trouble in their first season. So I guess the first kid is like the participation trophy. <laughs> Thanks, millennials. <laughs> yeah. You're your parents' participation trophy. Thanks for playing. Try harder next time. <laughs> well, I mean, you couldn't be that bad if they if they made others. So if you've got siblings, then you weren't too horrible. Oh yeah. When you, I was the mistake. My brothers and my brother and sister are nothing more than a, uh, a, a happy accident. A happy accident. Yes. A happy accident. Wow. Oh, my mother. My mother tried that with me. She, I was like, Mom, was I was I a mistake? And my mother, she's the type of person, bless her soul, she's the type of person that can't say anything mean about anyone on the planet. She's the type that if somebody robbed her at gunpoint, she'd be like, well, I guess he needed the money more than I did. Like, that's my mother. I love her to death, but sometimes. And I was like, Mom, was, was I an accident? Well, well no. You were, um, you were a surprise. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm like 10 years old at this point asking her about this. And my mother's trying to play semantics with me. And I had older siblings, and, and I was I was fairly quick-witted, so I wasn't having any of that shit. I was like, Mom, Mom, I know exactly what a surprise is. A surprise is something that's completely unexpected. I was an accident. Y'all weren't planning for me. Y'all didn't have my name picked out. Y'all didn't have a room with the wall painted blue, like, in a little crib in there. No. Y'all got to knock on the door. Hey! Have a baby. <laughs> That's what fucking happened here. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I know you love me, but I was an accident. But if well, you weren't around, it probably would have been okay. And I called her out on it. I told her, it's cool. I get it. I understand. She still wouldn't admit it. It's like, nope, nope, nope. This is totally not what happened. We we didn't plan you, but we're glad you're here. That's we'll ruin the rest of your childhood. Yeah. Oh, man. I but got... Nowadays, parents, like, it's really nice because, you know, our parents, they made a bunch of mistakes, but they never technically learned from them. They were like, well, we don't want to be like our parents. We want to do this. This new generation, we want to be like our parents. We actually want to fuck up our kids because when you fuck up your kids, it builds character. I wouldn't be such a fucked up individual if my parents didn't fuck me up, but I'm happy with being fucked up. And and to be honest, if your parents hadn't fucked you up, I wouldn't enjoy your company as much as I do. Goddamn right. It'd be a lot more boring work day. We wouldn't uh, be making a podcast. Podcasts at work. <laughs> so, and and I had I had awesome people with good sense of humor in my life, and I think that's where I get it. My grandmother, so my father's mother, um, she she's she grew up during the Great Depression. She actually during the Great Depression, she was a circus performer. Like, uh, yeah, no, I found this out about my grandmother, and this this shit's fucking wild. Um, so my grandmother was a contortionist. You know, the person that, like, stands on the chair. Bet your granddad love that shit. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about that. I knew that was coming. But um, so, you know, she'd stand on, like, a chair, do a handstand on one hand, and pull, like, her feet in over her head. Like, you see the picture of the, of the women that balance on the chair, and they pull the bow and arrow with their toes? Yeah. That's the kind of shit my grandmother did. And she she earned money, and she supported her entire family. Uh, a mother, father, and siblings with her circus act, her contortionist act. Um, was it a circus act or was I, it a circus act? Well, it's 
I think it was more like a, a, a traveling fair kind of, it's, you know, we're, we're not talking about like American Horror Story freak show here. Okay. We're just talking about ni- 1920s, stuff like that. And she ended up, um, they moved to California. And I forget what my grandfather did. I'll have to have that conversation. But here, here's this woman that lived through one of the hardest times for a modern man, I should say. You know, back before, everyone was living like it was a Great Depression. You, you've got medieval times, uh, serfs, peasants, things like that. That's that's how I envision the, the 1920s. And, you know, there's a dust bowl and all that, and everyone's just trying to travel. I may have – my wife would correct me. I may have my times missed. Mix up. Your wife's always going to correct you. Well, that's why we get them right, so we know how wrong we are. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, honey, just kidding. Hope you're not listening. Anyway, well, mine's not listening to this podcast. It's that simple. I and I, I don't even care, honestly. But so my <laughs> grandmother, I, I'm 12 years old. You know, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about sticking my dick in anyone yet. I mean, I probably have, but I, I haven't like come to terms with the. It's only in like the darkest hours of the night like under the blankets and and oh it'd be nice to hold a girl's hand and then one day there's just this incredible shift in your mentality where you're like i just want to put my dick in something but i i've you never i'm holding hands so come here baby let me get let you hold my baby hand <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the car with my grandmother and she's listening to this like radio po- news show um the the precursor to the podcast and it's this Republican guy talking about how people shouldn't date, uh, young men and women shouldn't date until they're ready to settle down and they're looking for for a marriage and everything because it leads to STDs, unwanted pregnancies. Somehow he tried tied drug use in there because well, it's, that's how fucking people, people are. People are more likely to use drugs when they're single. <laughs> well, no, I, I can't say that because you got to fuck. Depends on how bad the relationship is, and if you haven't had a crazy ex, you've never had a fucking ex. <laughs> so right. So we're listening to this, and my grandmother looks over at me, and she points her finger at me very accusingly, and she looks at me, Cody, and she goes, That's right. So keep it in your pants until you can afford her and the child. <laughs> keep in mind, I'm 12 years old. I, you know, I, I've, it's barely been out of my pants, let alone with someone else in the room, you know, someone that wasn't me. <laughs> the zipper just came down, okay? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought about having anyone else in the room when it comes out of the pants. And that, that, that's one of those moments that is a life-defining moment. That's one of those moments that it, it's got so many different feelings, and it takes you a while to sort out what that means to you and how that's going to affect your life. And it probably took a long time. I'm sure I blocked it out for like two or three years because I didn't start telling people about that till I was like 21 <laughs> and we were drinking. It's amazing what alcohol will bring out. Bring out the real you all the time. Oh, man. More of you than you want out. <laughs> so keep it in your pants. <laughs> Wah, wah. Oh, man. oh man! But uh, so can you can you think of any life defining moments? What what? Because you're you're a fairly successful guy. You're you're recently married. Congratulations! Thank you. You you make good good money. You're you've made sixty thousand. The year's not over yet. Um, sixty one hundred. And you're how old? Twenty eight. Twenty eight years old. That's not bad for a twenty eight year old. That's that's better than most teachers are making, which is a crime all its own. Absolutely. But uh. Give but, me a life-defining moment that, that helped shape who you are. Well, self-defining moment. Uh, well, I learned who I really was when I was about 15 years old. Dad was being dumb. My dad was a dope fiend. I don't really care. That's part of my childhood. That, is this the one that collected the possum penises? 
No, it was raccoon penises. Raccoon Thank you very penis, much. And apparently, they actually do have a legitimate tool. But anyway. I know. I looked that up. I looked that up, and I called you about it because we we were worried about what kind of kink your father was into. Um, oh shit! And to each their own. But hey, it's um. Never mind. Let's just. Get we'll we'll go into that later. Yes. Anyways, like I found out my dad. I, I was actually adopted when I was fifteen, and at that point, I realized a lot made sense <laughs> because <laughs> I love my dad. Like. I outgrew my dad when I was like 12 years old. He was like, oh, it's genetics. Yes, yeah, someone else's genetics. <laughs> but it made a lot of sense. Like I said, you know, I'm 15 and I. Well, that was actually, different. that was a really good political answer he gave you. Yeah, yeah. Of course you're taller than me. It's genetic. He, he didn't say it was his. Like, that's, that's. I mean, it's truth is perception. It was technically true. It, it was. It was completely true. Tell all the truth. He just let you put your own spin on it. Which, that's how you do it. You'll just let them figure it out on their own. Let them make up their own fucked up mistakes. Every time I'd make a mistake or something, dad would come in drinking his beer. Just got high. Yep. Learn from it, didn't you, boy? That's what happens when you grow up in the damn country on a farm. Vote Cody's father, 2020, people. <laughs> Better than Trump. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, life-defining moment. You were 15. I was 15. Found out I was adopted. Moved in with my mom by itself. I was actually, by the time I was 16, I was working three jobs helping out. What was what was that like when you found out you adopted? Did that did that go, did that change? Like, oh my God, who am I? And you felt like you had to find yourself all over again? It did, like, because I was in the beginning, like, I was a very awkward person. Literally, when I found out, I understood, like, that I'm not awkward. It's I'm Even though I'm so different from my family, there's probably somebody out there that I'm like. That I'm not, I'm not unique. That, I mean, that that makes perfect sense. Because even – so you know the story of the ugly duckling and, and all the ducks are making fun of him and he turns into this beautiful swan. And then it's like, well, no wonder he was a fucking ugly duckling. You're just, you're just a big, beautiful, bearded swan. That's what you are. You're just a I'm big, almost as graceful. I can swan. see that. I'm going to start drawing a swan with a beard on it. I'll get Jackie that works here. I'll get her to draw one and that could be your next tattoo. It will be a bearded Actually, swan. I'm cool with that. And we'll put a Viking Viking, Viking helmet on it. Yes. Yeah. We'll get yes. you going. <laughs> So, so the people that you love, the people that, and, and for all practical purpose, they, they were your parents. The people that took care of you, fed you, clothed you, made sacrifices for you, they tell you that you're not blood related. So what, what did that do to you mentally? It, it made me understand a lot because I understand, that, yeah, my dad is my dad, even though he's not my dad. I didn't find out until I was 15. So yeah, it was definitely a brick in the head type situation. <laughs> but that has happened a as well. Head type situation again. My childhood's okay. messed up. Yeah, that explains a lot, actually. Um, but I mean, I kind of st- I come to the grips with the realize that you don't have to be f- more people. More than not, your family is less of a family than the nose around you. My real dad wasn't there for me until I was. T- I didn't meet him until I was twenty-one. Again, everything else made sense because genetics are like that. My dad, my real dad. When I met him when I was 21, it made a whole lot of sense, even down to the fact that our voices were in the same octane. And I have a very fucked up voice. Was it like looking in a, in a mirror that showed a, it was like like a, a fun house mirror? Yeah, it looked like I was looking into a 20-year ahead mirror. Did you like what you see or were you like, fuck, I need to work um, out? I <laughs> thought I might be a little screwed. But Hey, you're doing better than me. You got a full head of hair, man. Yeah. Uh, did you feel betrayed when they told you were adopted? Did you feel no. like, why didn't you tell me? No, because I understood the whole point of it because – he, I wasn't his kid, but he still treated me as if he was. I was his kid. That's a big sacrifice 
and and I and I hate to say it like this, but I feel like that's a bigger sacrifice for for most men because we have this hang up on raising someone else's child. I feel like as a society, we kind of you always hear guys talk about they're like, man, I met this great girl, but she's got a kid, you know. But yeah, uh, pater- the paternal instinct doesn't kick in as quickly and easily as the maternal does. And, and maybe maybe that's what it is. And, and and I hate to say it like that, but genetically, women are more. I mean, according to science, not me or my opinions, but according to science, women are genetically more geared towards that and and honestly it is my opinion i believe that too because megan megan's fantastic that's my wife when when she holds uh for several years now like i've seen that spark in her eye like she'd hold her one of our nieces or nephews back when we were dating before we were married and she didn't want a kid wasn't ready for a kid and the logical part of megan was like no no we're good we're gonna wait i want no part of this right now you know one when you know we wanted to wait till we were married to have a child Two, we wanted to wait to make sure we still liked each other after a couple of years to have a child. That's that's a big one. You know, married or not, that's one thing. I was raised that you're supposed to be married, but to each their own. But you really want to make sure you like the person you're about to have a kid with. Damn right. So we're we're sitting here, and and I, Megan will pick up one of my nieces or nephews at the time. Uh, now ours. I, I have to keep remembering to do that. Oh, she pick <laughs> up hers, and I see that spark go off in her eye, like. I'm like, like oh, instant baby crazy. Yes, that instant baby crazy. It's like watching someone do a line of coke. Like her pupils fucking dilated almost. Woo! Yeah, she this blood started pumping. She held the baby just a little bit tighter. She looked around for threats. Her fucking pupils dilated. I felt like I was watching the maternal version of Requiem for a Dream. You know when they shoot up fucking Jared Leto and <laughs> and the eyes get huge. I still to this day can't rewatch that movie. It was fantastic, amazing movie, but it fucked me up. I can't rewatch it. Um, people talk about train spotting being fucked up, and it was for the time. It was very fucked up. But, but Requiem for a Dream, dream. our generation was possibly one of the most messed up movies. Oh my god! Well, that, besides Rick and Morty. Well, Rick and Morty is that's um, that'll be a religion in fifteen fucking years. Anyway, but <laughs> um, so I see this spark go off in her eye, and I'm like, oh my god, she literally. Just caught baby fever. Holy shit. Did that baby bite her? Is it radioactive? Is she going to have fucking superpowers? She's baby woman. Yeah. Can she throw a fucking diaper across the room and it like automatically change a baby? Like what What are your powers? <laughs> what, what are your weaknesses? God, that would be so great when you have a kid. Oh no. My only enemy. Menopause. <laughs> like, like, what the, <laughs> like what the fuck does that do? Megan's going to kick your ass. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and I'm going to let her listen to this and I'm going to smile the entire – we have a deal. Well, I say we have a deal, but she – what I really mean by that is she hasn't found a legitimate argument to continue the conversation. So we've got this deal. I'll say some fucked up shit to her and I'll start laughing. Not to her or about her, but just in general. I'll say some fucked up shit. And she usually laughs unless it's about her. In which case, she gives me that like, yeah, you're, you're kind of an asshole. And we got a phrase around the house. Little bit of douche. Like, I'm like, hey, was I an asshole? And she's like, little bit of douche, you know? And you're going to say it like that. You're going to do the finger gesture. you do the stress and stress just the right word. Yeah. And that lets you know. It's like, oh, okay, okay. It was a little douchey. But I'll say some shit and she'll give me that look like she's about to say it. And I'm like, I tell you what. And I tell her this every time. I'll make a deal with you. You explain to me why that's not funny and I'll quit laughing. Dude, that's fucking brilliant. And she hates it. She fucking hates it because she can't explain why it's not funny. Because at that point, your only argument is, well, it's not funny because it's about me. Well, then you're an asshole because if you'll laugh, if I said that about fucking Tommy walking down the street, whoever fucking Tommy is, 
and you'll laugh at that. But when it's about you, well, then you're just being a dick. So who's a little bit of douche now? In my culture, that is called a dick move. <laughs> Thank you, Birdman. Oh, uh, but Person. so yeah, so I'll see Megan when she would hold a baby and I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to get a little bit of the baby fever myself, you know? Um, but Megan will hold a baby and as soon as she puts it down and kind of walks away and she saw it's coming off that fucking high, like I put my hand on her forehead and I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, do, do you feel hot? Are you okay? Like, do, do you need some, do you need some water? And the first three or four times she didn't catch on. Now she, she goes like when I start to reach for her forehead, Stop. cause I'd be like, it looked, it, are you sure you don't have baby fever? And then it hit her what I was doing, that I was being an asshole. She's like, motherfucker. And uh, so now she doesn't even let me touch her forehead after she's held a child. Held a child but. People like us like make women very skittish because like, it's not – we don't hit our women. But we do really messed up stuff like touch their face and then they get scared. You walk by and touch their butt. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're that's touching the, your butt. Like, have you ever been around an animal that's been abused? Like, even even like a when, rescue dog. Yeah, even when it's in a new because my dog's a rescue dog. Your dog, both your dogs, right? Are rescue. Yeah, we've got a rescue fucking cat. It's got like one eye, and and like Bill Bill Burr, the comedian, like he says, I just, I got one of them free dogs. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't as he says I didn't run into a burning building and fucking although they were about to put Z down Zealand, my dog. Yeah. Um, so, and if you want to see my dog, uh, just go to Instagram and search hashtag Zealand the dog. And he, he's the only dog on there. I think someone else tried to use it and I was just kind of mentioned like, Hey, fuck you. That's my hashtag. <laughs> you can't have my hashtag. <laughs> yeah. That's my hashtag asshole. Hashtag, hashtag. Um, <laughs> fucking Jimmy Fallon and, and Justin Timberlake are hilarious together. But, um, so yeah, that's the. Uh, I forgot where we were. I, is that dude delivering on a bike? It's pouring down rain outside. No, no, I think those are just those are the saddlebags. Oh, oh shit! That dude just threw through a puddle and just destroyed that. Who is this guy right here? Huh. All right, so that's gonna be it for us on this one. This is Matthew and this is Cody. And we are sponsored by not giving a fuck. So if you have fucks and you don't want to share, don't give a fuck. Um, aside from that, guys, this has been our first one. So we were probably a lot more apologetic than we're going to be on any of the others. So if I offend you, um, I would just like to say go fuck yourself. All right. So I'm out. Bye. You well, set it up.